Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Um, great to have you on board uh, with, um, to the Hedabell Church family, but also uh, we've got Whitstable Baptist with us. We've got Dunnington Baptist. We've got people from Lincoln here today, from Sussex, from all over the country. So it's, uh, it's really good to, to have this virtual online Palm Sunday service uh, with you. Um, if you've got something to wave like a palm branch, that would be brilliant. Um, I've got mine here. Um, you might have a scarf or something you could wave. Uh, we'll be waving those during the, uh, the opening songs. Um, also, just a couple of notices. Um, this Tuesday, we have a prayer meeting at 7.30 online, which would be, uh, which is open to, to you all. Please join us uh, for that. We'll be praying uh, about, obviously, about the coronavirus and listening to an interview with R.T. Kendall and then praying off the back of that. Also, this Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're welcome to join us for uh, a Good Friday communion service. Um, please bring your own bread and wine. Um, I'll be bringing juice at that time in the morning, but uh, bring, bring, a, bring a roll and some blackcurrant juice and uh, we'll be share, breaking bread and sharing uh, wine together uh, at, in the 10 o'clock service um, on Good Friday. So please uh, join us for that. And then our families to service at 10.30 uh, next Sunday. So please uh, join us for that too. But we're going to begin uh, with uh, a video. Uh, this, is, this is from Saddleback Church in California, and it's, uh, it's the first triumphal entry. So Steve's going to play this uh, video for us. As always, technology. Here we go. The story of Easter, the triumphal entry. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles by calming storms and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were celebrating a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. So Jesus was going to Jerusalem to celebrate. Jesus and his disciples stopped in the town and Jesus told two of his disciples to go on ahead of them. Okay. He told them to go into a village and that they would see a young donkey that no one had ever ridden. He told them to untie it and bring it to him. If anyone asks, what are you doing? He told them to just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. So the disciples did what Jesus said and brought him the donkey. A long time ago, before Jesus was even born, God had said that the Savior, the King of Israel, would come to Israel in this way. And now Jesus was doing just as God had said. The news that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem swept through the city. Many heard about all the amazing things he had done, so they cut palm branches and ran to see him. The 
Pharisees and religious rulers realized that there was nothing they could do, for everyone was going to see Jesus. Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem, and the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of him. His followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Pharisees were upset. Jesus was stopping people from saying things like that. But Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. So the people kept on singing, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered, asking, who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus. And Jesus rode the donkey through the street of Jerusalem to the temple in a triumphal entry, just as God said he would many years before. Okay, if you've got your uh, palm branches, scarves ready to go, we'll be waving these uh, as we're singing the first song. I just need to clear the annotation. There we go. So there's a problem. Hopefully you're all hearing me. So yeah. go for it. Um, can we mute you, Martin, at moments as well, please? Okay, so let's, uh, let's come before our God in worship. Father God, we just pray right now that you would just um, fill our hearts with joy again this morning as we're waving our branches, as we're praising our God this morning. Um, we know that even though we're in isolation, we're together as one body, as one family, the church eternal. Um, and so, th Father God, we just thank you and praise you now. Let's raise our hosannas and our hallelujahs. Praises rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We love you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears were washed away. Washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna. You were the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises Hosanna Hosanna Come and wait among us Welcome to heal love Jesus Hear the sound of Hearts returning to you. We turn to you. In your kingdom, broken 
He is the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high. The banner that flies across this land. That all they might see the truth and know. He is the way to heaven. We want to see. We want to see. We want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see. We want to see. We want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step, we're moving forward. Little by little, taking ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon. Strongholds come tumbling down and down and down and down. We want to see Jesus lifted high. A battle of flies across this land. That all they might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high. Battle the flies across this land that only might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step, we're moving forward. Little by little, taking ground. Every prayer of powerful weapon, strongholds come tumbling down and down and down and down. We want to see Jesus lifted high. A battle flies across this land. That only might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We're gonna see, we're gonna see, we're gonna see Jesus lifted high. We're gonna see, we're gonna see, we're gonna see Jesus lifted high. Amen. Hallelujah. What an amazing God we have. What an amazing God we serve. We're going to open the microphones up in a second um, to allow prayer and praise for just maybe one or two or three one to just give thanks to God this morning. If you hear somebody else speaking because of the way Zoom works, if you hear somebody else speaking, then wait till they've finished. This could be chaos. We just don't know how it's going to be, but we have an amazing God. So Nigel, over to you to unmute. Here we go. And I will finish off with a prayer at the end. Nigel, somebody's got feedback. Nigel, what, yes. what you can do is mute everybody and get them to raise their hand if they want to speak, and then I'll mute each person. Mm. <laughs> 
Looks like we're all muted at the moment. If individuals unmute themselves when they want to pray and then mute themselves again afterwards, that's an easy way of working it. Leave everyone muted. Steve, I think we're getting feedback from your end. Jesus, we, we just, we come before you this morning and we acknowledge that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And uh, with, uh, with those crowds in Jerusalem, we want to say this morning, Hosanna, you are the one who has saved us and does save us and will save us. So we declare, Jesus, this morning that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we bow the knee, we worship and adore you. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for the wonders of technology and how we can use it now to our mutual benefit. Thank you that as a church family and many others, we can join together in your name, join together by your spirit in love as we praise together your loving Saviour, our yeah. Son, Jesus Christ, on this glorious Palm Sunday. Mm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you again for the glorious morning. We thank you, Father, that we can join with others who wouldn't normally join us, and we welcome them to this service, Lord. We thank you for uh, your blessings to us. We thank you for your protection. And, Father, we just want to give you all the uh, glory and worship that you deserve this morning mm -hmm. as we celebrate this Palm Sunday. Lord, we, uh, we love you and we adore you, and uh, just be with us now as we continue to worship you. Amen. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love that's poured out to each one of us. We thank you for this beautiful day. Even though we are all in isolation, we just want to praise and worship our amazing God. Um, and so we just want to, to just raise our hallelujahs, raise our hosannas to a, to a God that we serve. Amen. So now we're going to hand over to one of our church people who has an amazing testimony to give. Um, so um, rather than because it's a public forum, we're not giving out names, even though we probably know the person. Um, so their microphone will be unmuted and they'll probably come up on screen. Um, Good morning, everyone. We have a double celebration today. Uh, my husband, Tony, and I got married at Heathervale Baptist Church a year ago today. And our next celebration concludes at the end of the last three to four months. I'd had a chest infection, pneumonia, an area in my trachea that needed further investigation, and a diagnosis of a carcinoid tumour in my right lung, which needed surgery. I kept in constant touch with home group and church family with prayer requests. I'd learned a valuable lesson from surgery in 2014. I am not in control, God is. So I adopted this again. Psalm 31 told me, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. And putting faith over fear also kicked my fear out the back door. God had already gone ahead of me. 
I had some sophisticated scans lying ahead, lying still for an hour before and 30 minutes during was the perfect opportunity to pray for others and to rest in God's peace. A shortage of the radioactive chemical in the UK for my final scan delayed my impending surgery by a month, but the results for the area in my trachea showed there's nothing there now. The Sunday before my admission to hospital, Martin's sermon was on our Christian hope with Jesus. We can all get doubts before surgery, but 1 Corinthians 15 stabilised my faith. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. Sown in dishonour, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. I have a God who's always with me and a God who cares. Isaiah 43 reminded me, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. Two mornings later, I was to have a lobectomy of my right lung. The anaesthetist asked me to sing my favourite song, an amazing grace sprang to mind. I think I got as far as who saved a wretch like me before I drifted off to sleep. My shopping list of prayers were, please God keep it keyhole surgery, no complications, guide the surgeons, no infection, swift recovery, etc., etc. And I was able to groggily text home group that evening, my thanks for answered prayers, declaring my surgery remained keyhole. Let me hear you say amen. amen. The next day, hospital staff were now gloved up and masked. Areas of our bay of six ladies were being deep cleaned. My surgeon, pain management and physio team just smiled at me through a window. Confusion and panic was outside. Bays surrounding ours were being evacuated, roughly 40 patients, leaving just us six. We were then told the coronavirus pathogen was in our bay and that three of my fellow patients had been in direct contact with the former patient. Visiting was swiftly restricted. Only one faithful nurse called Thomas was allowed on our bay. He'd stoically done our observations and medications all week. And he'd seen me reading How to Pray by Pete Grieg. And he said to me, you ain't gonna get sick sister, in Jesus name I pray, amen. And this humbled my heart and reminded me that Jesus remained close. A sense of peace fell within our bay and I even managed to make a few laugh. The day I was discharged, my daily devotional, by no coincidence, drew a parallel between our safe hospital bay of six and the panic of our surroundings. King Jehoshaphat had led a small army to worship God by depending on him to save them from the huge opposition he faced, or in our case, the coronavirus. Two Chronicles told me, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I'd stood strong under the umbrella of many dedicated prayers for many weeks with quiet confidence because God had told me not to be afraid or discouraged. Your continual prayers for me throughout this journey were truly answered when my surgeon rang me recently saying that the tumour had been localised without any spread to the lymph nodes and that I require no further treatment. I thank you all from the bottom of my heart for your prayers, love, support and encouragement. And I thank God for answering those prayers. He's awesome. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. We've all got a virtual clap for that because that's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, so now we're going to hand over to, to Martin for his message. 
Let me just pray for Martin as he comes to speak. Uh, prayers, first. prayers first, Steve. Oh, prayers first. Sorry, yes. Over to you then, in that case. Handing over to you anyway. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> thank, thank you, Janine. That was, uh, that was an amazing testimony. Praise God for that. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is with us and for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? And we thank you for the testimony that you've given to Janine. Thank you for being with her uh, through uh, surgery and also through coronavirus too. And Lord, we pray for all those known to us who are, who are still undergoing treatment for cancer and for other conditions. Lord, we, we think of um, Pat and, and others. Lord, we lift them before you and we ask that, Lord, you would continue to draw alongside them by your Holy Spirit, give them peace and comfort and strength and be their shield, their refuge, their fortress, their protection at this time. But Lord, we do want to come before you again for uh, in this season where we're facing this uh, coronavirus. Lord, we pray um, we pray for those places where the disease is spreading and the death toll is daily rising and where, where measures to quarantine those infected and control the epidemic seem, seem to be a losing battle. We hear our prayer for those in hospital receiving treatment, for those with underlying health issues, for those stuck in mourning the loss of loved ones, for those stuck in a foreign land unable to get home. Lord, hear their prayers, hear our prayers. Lord, hear our prayer for those battling against the disease and for the doctors, nurses and care staff putting their own lives at risk to do so. Lord, we pray for the government searching for the best way to respond, for scientists striving to find vaccines. Lord, we pray that PPE would be quickly available for those on the front line. Lord, we pray that testing would be ramped up as is, as is promised and that you would provide the reagents and all the equipment that's necessary. Lord, we pray for um, NHS workers. We pray, Lord, for those who um, visit care, um, care homes, for those working in nursing homes, for those who, through their jobs, visit um, the elderly and the sick. Lord, we pray for them all and we pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, we pray for all of these people on the front line, that they would, Lord, look after themselves, that they would uh, have enough sleep, that they would um, take in the food and the nutrition that they need, that they might be able to go on caring. But Lord, for all those who are terrified that they may have contracted the disease, give strength, comfort the bereaved, support those in hospitals on the front line combating it. Lord, be with those who have to face grieving and funeral services without being at the graveside, as it were, with those that they love. Lord, just be with them in a special way, we pray. Lord, reach out, we pray, in love and mercy to help, to heal, to sustain and to deliver. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading today is from uh, Luke chapter 19. If you've got a Bible to hand, you can follow along. Um, we're reading Luke's account of the triumphal entry. Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 44. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. 
As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs you. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word, which is living and powerful and which speaks comfort and hope into our lives and into the world at this time and we ask father that through your spirit you would speak to us this morning and encourage us strengthen us challenge us teach us rebuke us inspire us we pray in jesus name amen um this is a really familiar story um i'm sure to to, to all of us, um, the triumphal entry. Um, but one thing I noticed in Luke's account was how quickly the shouting of, and praising of the crowds um, kind of turned to tears in Jesus himself. One moment he's there riding into Jerusalem um, to all, these, all this worship and shouts and cheers. And the next moment as he looks over Jerusalem, he, he weeps over it. Verse 41, um, we read this, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Um, and so the scene dramatically changes. The city that appeared to welcome Jesus as God's chosen King and Messiah would come to largely reject Jesus and be subjected to God's terrible judgment. And in fact, in AD 70, Romans invaded Jerusalem and they laid the city and its inhabitants to, to ruin. The temple was destroyed and uh, many, so were many of the people. And this was God's judgment on a city where most of the people rejected Jesus as God's chosen king. And Jesus doesn't hold back from telling it as it is. He weeps over Jerusalem because most of its inhabitants will reject him as king and suffer the judgment of God. And Jesus' words are sobering and quite shocking, aren't they? He says this, if even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you 
and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. It's a terrible thing for people to reject Jesus Christ. And Jesus doesn't sugarcoat the reality of judgment that comes if people choose to reject him. And this is because God loves everyone and God wants everyone to come to a knowledge of him. God wants everyone to be saved. Um, let me illustrate. Imagine if you were on a beach in Australia and uh, you saw a sign that says, do not swim, shark infected waters. I think you'd be grateful to the person who put the sign there. And unless you were really crazy, I guess, you wouldn't swim in those shark infested waters. You would thank the person that put the sign there, the warning. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's warning his followers, he's warning Jerusalem, and he's warning us. There are shark infested waters for those who reject me. Don't go there. And Jesus doesn't sugarcoat these things because our eternal destiny is at stake. Um, there's no sugarcoating, is there, how horrible this current um, epidemic is. Um, I was seeing pictures in the newspaper yesterday, this, this was horrific, of this 13-year-old boy who's um, died of coronavirus. And there was a picture there of his, uh, of, of nobody at the graveside. His parents uh, were not allowed to be there. It's just a, an open grave and a coffin and one, one priest and one funeral director. How, how horrible, how, how tragic. Um, none, of us, none of us in the West these days can, can hold suffering at a distance anymore, can we? we we, we can't choose to ignore it. We can't say, well, suffering and persecution is for other people in another part of the world. We are daily being faced uh, with, with horror and with suffering. We're all in this together. Other people's lives now literally depend on our behavior, don't they? We are seeing suffering close up uh, firsthand. Um, many, I'm sure you have those in your family who are worried about incomes, um, worried about their jobs, worried about how they're going to make ends meet. I'm sure you've got those in your family or friends who are working in the NHS or visiting um, nursing homes or care homes as workers and worried about their health. Um, many self-employed people wondering when this money is actually going to become available to them people facing the horror in, in, as health workers of losing colleagues to this terrible disease. And it seems at this time that we're being brought face to face as a human race with the reality of living in a cursed and fallen world. We saw last week from Luke 21 that famines, wars, earthquakes, diseases are the birth pains of a creation that has rejected God. And we are, the creation is groaning under the effects of sin. We're experiencing these birth pains in the coronavirus pandemic. Um, someone sent me this week a really interesting interview um, uh, with R.T. Kendall, who some of you might know. And um, R.T. Kendall is a pretty famous speaker, at Spring Harvest and other Christian festivals. But um, it was on uh, Premier Radio. And um, R.T. Kendall was saying on Premier Radio this last week that through these natural disasters such as coronavirus, God is seeking to get 
the attention of the world. These, nat these natural disasters are signs of God's gracious and loving judgment. You see, God doesn't want anyone to miss out on the promise of eternal life. He's waking people up everywhere, seeking to get our attention. You see, when Jesus comes again, it will be too late. So God is lovingly seeking to get our attention now. He's causing all people everywhere throughout the world to realize that our security, our future, is not under human control. We're not at the center of the world, as we would like to think that we are. We were always created as God's vice regents, as those called to rule over creation on his behalf, but never to rule over creation independently of God. We were called to rule as um, servants of God, to love him as our creator and Lord and King. And God loves the world so much that he wants us back. He wants us reconciled with him. Ever since Adam and Eve first fell in the garden and the creation was subjected to the curse of sin, God has sought to win us back. And he loves the world so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be the means of our way back to God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he gave up his life in dying on a cross to pay the price of our sin, which is death, that those who trust in him might be reconciled to God, might be forgiven, and might come into eternal life. Sadly, so many have chosen to reject God's loving rule over their lives, and they've chosen to live independently of Jesus Christ. But praise God that, the judgment, that his judgment was not poured out on us for our sin, but on his own son, Jesus Christ, who bore the punishment for our sin on the cross. But there's something that human beings need to do. If we're to benefit from Jesus' death and resurrection, we have to trust in him. We have to turn away from living independently without God and turn to Jesus and to receive forgiveness and eternal life. And in that way, we will be rescued from God's final judgment when Jesus comes again. But even more than that, we will enter into eternal life, life in all its fullness, life, a life of peace and joy and happiness and contentment in relationship with God, a life that was always intended from the very beginning of creation. I wonder, in these days when God is seeking to get your attention, have you turned to him? Have you come to Jesus and accepted his death and resurrection for you? Have you turned away from living independently of him and come to the cross and confess your sins? We see the love of God, don't we, in, the, in Jesus in this passage today. Jesus is not a vengeful tyrant. He takes no pleasure in speaking about the judgment of God on Jerusalem. Do you see the tears in his eyes as he weeps over the rejection of Jerusalem? He's not a sadist. These are not tears of impotence. Jesus was not saying, oh, I wish there was something I could do about this city. His posture towards this rebellious city was one of compassion, for he does not delight in the destruction of the wicked. That should be our attitude for the world, shouldn't it? Shouldn't we have tears of compassion in our eyes as Christians for those who continue to reject Jesus? And shouldn't those tears of compassion drive us to our knees to pray that people's hearts would be softened 
and that people would turn to Jesus as they realize that they're not the center of the world, as, as humanity realizes that we're not in control of this pandemic and never have been actually in control of the world, shouldn't those tears of compassion for people who don't know Christ drive us to our knees to pray for work colleagues, family members, friends who do not yet know Christ? When God's judgment fell on Jerusalem in AD 70, it was terrible. When Jesus comes back to judge the world, it will be far worse. So let us weep over, let us pray over those who do not yet know Christ, that God would soften their hearts and use us as his ambassadors to share the good news of Jesus. Um, there is some hope, though, I want to share with you this morning. On Premier Radio this week, Justin Brearley, the presenter, mentioned that there are signs of people turning back to God at this time. Um, there are NHS workers who are beginning to pray, doctors beginning to pray who've never prayed before. Isn't that wonderful? That as they're going in to treat patients, they're now turning to God and recognizing that um, they need help. They are weak, they are vulnerable, and they need Jesus Christ. And so let's pray for a turning of our nation to God in prayer. Let's pray that people in government would call perhaps a national day of prayer. Let's pray that we would come together as a nation and begin to pray again, just as we did under the king in, in the war. Let's pray that God would, would bring a move of, of power that would not just be for this season of coronavirus, but would go on into the future, a, a renewal, an awakening. We need to pray that God would wake up his church. We've been sleepwalking, haven't we, for too long. This is time to wake up and be the church. It's time to stand up for truth. It's time to submit to all God's teaching. It's time to be the people of God in our time. Let us pray then with tears of compassion that our nation would turn to Jesus at this time for the long term. And let us pray that God would wake us up as a church from our sleepwalking and that our love for God would be rekindled. Let's pray. Jesus, we see your tears of compassion <coughs> for Jerusalem. And we pray, Father, that you would bring tears to our eyes for, for a world that has largely rejected you. Jesus, give us, give us a passion as your people to make Jesus known. Lord, help us to share the good news whether that be through um, social media, through conversations on the phone, through text messages, Lord, wherever we can, however we can, help us to be, Jesus, those who share the good news of your kingdom. Lord, there are people lost in our world. There are people um, grieving without hope. And Father, may we be beacons of hope. May we be ambassadors of your good news in these times. Father, wake us up as the church in this nation where we've been sleepwalking, Lord. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you would restore the honour of your name through your church, that you would rekindle the fire in your people, that you would make us a people of prayer, and that, Lord, we would see a mighty outworking, a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit in these days. For we ask it for the, in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand over to Steve, who's going to lead us in a, a couple of response songs. Thank you, Steve.
Thank you, Martin. And uh, let's let's just continue from what Martin was just saying. Then let's uh, let's sing together. Restore, O Lord. our service um oh church arise and put your armor on hear the call of christ our captain for now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that god has given amen and hallelujah to that brothers and sisters so let's sing together against the captain and with 
in the sword that makes the wounded whole. We will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the price for which he died. An inheritance of nations. Come see the cross where love and mercy meet. As the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet. For the conqueror has risen. And as the storm is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day every eye and heart shall see him. So, Spirit, come, strengthen every stride. Give grace for every hurdle That I may run With faith to win the prize Of a servant good and faithful As saints of all still line the way Retelling triumphs of his grace We hear the calls And hunger for the day when with Christ we stand in glory As saints of all still line the way With telling triumphs of His grace We hear the cause and all the day When with Christ we stand in glory Amen Amen, thank you oh. Over to you, Martin. So, so I really hope uh, that many of you can uh, can join us on Tuesday night for the prayer meeting at 7.30 and again um, at 10 o'clock uh, Friday for communion. Don't forget uh, your bread and your juice for Friday and uh, next Sunday at 10.30 as well. Some words from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Steve for uh, putting this all together. Fantastic job. And uh, thank you for, for uh, taking part. And for so many of you, uh, it's great to see you and hope you can join us again soon. Um, do stay, do stay online if you if you want to for a bit of chat. Um,